Smartcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Quantum Leap, your business and life podcast. My name is Bethany London, and I am an energetic VC supporting CEOs and entrepreneurs in multiplying revenues and opportunities of their business through intuitive guidance and energetic healing. I am obsessed with finding and releasing blocks so that you can start receiving the guidance and opportunities that will be bringing you quantum leaps with ease. If you are looking to upgrade your business, life, spirituality, or need a perspective shift to flow, you've come to the right place. Leave it to me to pull out the juicy stories, quantum leap hacks, and how our inspiring guests have tackled obstacles and gotten into the flow to reach new heights of success. My intention is to bring clarity and massive awareness that infinite possibilities are everywhere. Your next moment could be a miraculous one. Thank you for being on this journey with me. Let's uncover their strategies, have fun, and see how we can quantum leap together. All right. I am so excited to be here today with Heather. I was introduced to her from a mutual friend who was like, I just really feel like you need to meet my friend, Heather. You guys have a lot to talk about. (laughs) And then as I learned, yes. And as I learned more about her, I'm like, oh my goodness, I need to interview you for my podcast because she is quantum leaping in business and life. In fact, she's quantum leaped and now is figuring out the balance of it all. Right. Right. As you continue to expand. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So let's have you, yeah, share, share with us about the magic that is you. What are you creating and bringing to the world? So just, I'll tell a little bit about my background and what I do. Um, so I originally was trained as a registered dietitian. Um, so I went to you know school many years ago, but then, um, and I, I did start, I mean, I went right into that after college and worked a lot with eating disorders and people's relationship with their food. Um, in their body. Um, primarily, I mean, a lot of us go into that field because we have our own issues. So that was a way for me to heal myself. And then um, back in 2004 is when I actually got introduced. I was working with a, an endocrinologist and started to become passionate about essentially functional medicine, which if people don't know what that is, it is using uh, therapeutic doses of nutrients and or botanicals to treat and prevent disease versus Mm -hmm. using pharmaceuticals. 
Um, so functional medicine and hormone hormones and how the endocrine system works um, kind of became my just I just became passionate about it and I wanted to learn everything and so uh, you know 18 years later I guess um, I am really um, you know fully versed in that I have a thriving practice Um, she does it's hard to get her to even text you back (laughs) this is true this is true um but you know and that's where I'm working on my balance a little bit more obviously but um no and I think that you know you know what I really essentially do is help patients become healthier find I, I deal with a lot of people that have fallen through the cracks of the medical conventional medical system. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that, just to be a little bit more specific is that, you know, the, the entire medical model, which I, by the way, was trained in, you know, by proxy, right. Working with physicians. Um, but then I also went to ongoing education and, and, you know, learning about the integrative approach, you learn to look at the patient as a whole person. And when you look at conventional medicine and the way that doctors are trained, um, and even my good friends and my supervising MD will tell you this, this is just, we don't learn this stuff. This is how we're learned. We are taught and sort of, you know, drilled into our brains, but it's all about ruling out, right. Ruling out what it isn't and then treating the symptoms. So, yeah. Whereas what I do is the opposite. It's really getting to the source of the problem and going from there. And I think that you can relate to that because yes. obviously when we're healing people, we're going, you know, want to go yeah. to the root, right? Exactly. Um, that's why there's such a compliment because I do believe that both, you know, all of these modalities are so important to someone's health overall. It's not just the empirical data, right? That you see and you can check, although that is important. Um, it gives me a lot of information. It's also very important to look at you know, the connections to our emotional experiences, our traumas, um, and what areas have we not worked out yet? Right. And because I was like, Oh, I got a story. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. I mean, I, so at the age of 30, I was getting divorced and I'm like, TMI, I don't think we're just going to go there. Um, I hadn't had my period for a year during that process. And my friend's like, I think you really need to go to the doctor. So I go to the doctor and she's, um, was really awkward with me when normally she's super friendly and communicative. And then it turns out that she was concerned about what she was going to say to me. So she wanted to triple check like my blood work or something with somebody. And so later that afternoon, which she didn't tell me, but later that afternoon, I got a call from the doctor and she's like, Um, so I just don't think you're ever going to be able to have kids and I'm 30 and I'm like, what are you kidding me? And then I was referred to a naturopathic doctor who specialized in hormones and went and saw her and she's like, no, 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 no. You don't have the, it's a PCOS or whatever. I don't know. Mm -hmm. PCOS. I didn't have that. Um, so she was like, we just need to take out stress from your life. And at the time I was moving to LA, I'm like, uh, no guarantee. (laughs) Right, 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 right. I'm, I'm making a, like a life move right now. Um, but she had me doing like concoctions, tinctures with the moon, acupuncture, doing blood work. Like, and then we got to the point where my blood work had shifted. And then I checked a year later and it's like, okay, you get pregnant. I'm like, okay, great. Yes. Awesome. 
Yeah. And you know, I've heard that more than once about PCOS yeah. which, and for people who are listening that don't know what that is, it's polycystic ovarian disease, which is sounds way more scary than it actually is. Um, but I've had many doctors tell patients, and I think it's really kind of irresponsible to do that because there are plenty of women yeah. who have, it, it, all it means is you have one or many tiny cysts on or near your ovaries. Right. Mm. And so that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't ever have kids. I mean, I know people that have had that and they still go on to have normal pregnancies. So, yeah. I mean, I just think that's a little, um, it can traumatize people when, when a well, well, I could have taken the doctor's information as truth and that would have been it had yeah. I not had the guidance to go somewhere else and get a Correct. second opinion, you know, that's right. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, don't have the, the wherewithal to do that. They just don't think there's an option. You know, if you're, you know, if you're not, you know, very, um, familiar with the world of health and you trust your doctor, why would you go to somebody else? You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a lot of people that don't often see those options. So, or know about them. So I would say more so where we live and in big cities, there's more options that way, the, 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 yeah. um, the different types of healers and such. I mean, but you know, you know, you go to rural Alabama and you say, oh, I'm going to go to a healer. I mean, they'll think you're a little bit nutty, you know? So <laughs> Yeah. You know, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so so <laughs> I'm curious, how did the passion lead, lead to like hormones? And is that when I'm curious also, if there's a correlation to you finding that passion to your business expanding? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I just found it to be a system that was very interesting because mm -hmm. it's got so many different parts to it. I mean, it's not just the sex hormone. There's also obviously insulin and, um, our glucose and, and insulin regulation. Right. And, um, but all of these things really, I mean, and, and the other part of that is that we've got a, a country that's full of, you know, basically a pandemic full of pre and, and diabetic type two patients because of, how we eat in this country um, and how we, you know, don't take care of ourselves. I mean, just, you know, I'm a big believer in food as medicine. And um, if you're eating, you know, two large meals, one of them fast food, you know, daily, I mean, which is what a lot of people have access to, unfortunately, you know, um, I mean, <clears throat> I think that, you know, you and I both know that our clientele is a little bit more perhaps savvy and, 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 uh, learned in terms of they, they just are more well-educated and yeah, bigger and cities open. you get a big, yeah. And open. Yeah, yeah. That's a big part of it too. But, you know, to answer your question, I mean, what really, I think the the key for me is helping people really feel good in their bodies. And we want to do that as naturally as possible. And so there's nothing like helping somebody who has been to three or four different doctors, two of them specialists, and the doctors have told them there's nothing wrong with you. And then they come and they get an evaluation and obviously there's something wrong, but it's just, again, it goes back to how is the clinician, what are they testing and how are they interpreting it? I mean, these are all very important aspects of when you see patients, I mean, you know, and a lot of times when you're seeing a doctor, they have their little slice that they're looking at. They're not looking at the entire picture. So, you know, and I always am a believer that if you don't ask the questions, you won't know the answers right to patients. Mm -hmm. So I will spend, 
you know, an extraordinary amount of time with patients, just getting to know them. And, um, and then if they've had, you know, because I originally, when I first got in the first, you know, 10 years of my practice was all like disordered eating. So that's kind of the foundation. Anyway, people have a relationship to their food, whether they eat to live or live to eat. Right. So it, it's a specific relationship. And, um, you know, I, I don't think that it's any big secret that many women, um, young and old, um, and everything in between and, and including men, uh, struggle with their body image and with, um, you know, disordered eating, not necessarily that they have a clinical, you know, disorder like anorexia or bulimia, but maybe fall in between the cracks and that they just aren't, it's all based on their beliefs. So, so when I, my passion is to really help people feel in their bodies, right. To reconnect mm -hmm. to their bodies. Um, because that's I'm like one of the, mine too. I love that. Yeah, no, I mean, that's one of the, <laughs> the big things that I was yeah. trained in originally, which is the, the ability to help people reconnect to their physical intuitive hunger oh, and so their, and to know when they're satisfied, because, you know, if you look at when we're a baby, when we're infants, we're all born with this intuitive, um, intuitive eater in us, let's just call it. I mean, it's a natural yeah, yeah. occurring phenomenon our first experience with food is either the bottle or the breast, which is a nurturing thing. So we have this emotional hunger and physical hunger that is somewhat intertwined. And that generally is, it, it's pretty well, I would say, set intuitively until the child becomes socialized or there becomes um, environmental uh, or cultural, but environmental influences that cause them to start to use food or there might be a power struggle with the parent. That's the other thing too, that when parents, you know, try to control the food of their kids too much, that can create problems. So, um, and when then I'm like, like, I'm just thinking of a baby crying means feed it. Correct. Exactly. Which maybe they're communicating that they're hungry, but maybe you're also just trying to shut them up, quote unquote, you know, right, by right. here's some food. So that's, I can see how that would create emotional stuff. Yeah. And then also, you know, the idea, that's what I would tell my patients, you know, when they, when you were little, you cried, when you were hungry, you pushed the bottle of breast away when you were done. I mean, that's when, mm -hmm. you know, when babies are done because they just don't eat anymore. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. they, they, so, yeah. but we lose that. We lose that. I mean, I can't tell how many people that I see and they come in and they're like, yeah, I want to plan. I want to be able to know what to do, what to eat. And it's not that I don't provide that because people need guidelines and they need um, boundaries, but it's more about helping them just to reconnect. And I can say for myself that just through my training, I mean, it changed my life. Like to, I never thought about, am I, how hungry am I and where am I at? I use a hunger scale. So I use the zero to 10, like a pain scale, you know, same numbering, yeah. zero to 10, zero is ravenous, 10 is sick full. And it, it literally, it took me a few months to kind of tune that in and, and sort of hone that tool, but it literally changed how I ate because I was brought up, you know, in the Midwest, we ate three big meals a day. It was just mm -hmm. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And you kind of got what you could get in at those meals. So I was accustomed. It was just a habit to, you know, eat until I was full or some people have cleaned the plate, you know, clean the plate, like yep. starving kids in China, yeah. yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, all one. the, yeah. And waste, you know, um, there's a lot of reasons why people learn to overeat. And then just being in America, mm -hmm. you know, we have such 
huge portions. So there's, and there's food everywhere. The availability is great. Now, some people grow up with scarcity, right? With food. And so then they're, they'll carry that on. In fact, I'm thinking of someone in particular um, who he grew up that way where there wasn't always, there wasn't food security in his home because his mom wasn't the best provider that way. Yeah. And so to this day, if there's like a buffet or there's all this food, he just overeats. I mean, he eats until he can't <laughs> eat anymore. Yeah. And even though you intellectually maybe can become aware of that, changing that pattern requires tools and it requires also obviously the consciousness and the mindfulness to do so. Yeah. Do you so, work with a lot of men? I'm just curious. I do. I do. I work with um probably about 40% men, 60%. Wow. Women. Yeah. Okay. Yep. They don't talk about it as much, I think, you know. Yeah. So but, how do you end up with all um your clients? Is it basically word of mouth? Oh yeah. yes. yes. Uh yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah, it is all word of mouth. I've actually never really advertised or anything. I mean, I, I have entire families like that because, you know, it's like, oh, I want you to see my mom and I want you to see my sister. And um, mm-hmm. I find that to be, you know, the best way. That's really how I've, I've built it um, throughout the years because I, I worked with alongside doctors for nearly, you know, 20 years while not, I mean, almost like 15, 16 years. And then I went off on my own and, um, in around 2014 and, um, and it's, it, it's been, you know, that's been a a whole learning experience, you know, going from being inside of a practice and being part of a team to being the one in charge. right? Right. So I do have a physician that I have as a supervisor, right? So we do chart reviews and such, so I can do all the Mm -hmm. things that I like to do. But um, like order blood and, and, you know, obviously we can do prescriptions for them if necessary. Um, but the, the truth is, is that it's, um, you know, every, every patient is different. And, um, you know, I would say that the majority of my patients are, you know, probably, I mean, if you were like a median is probably anywhere from 35 to 65 and men or women that are just looking to be healthier um, yeah. some people are sick, but you know, or they come in with diagnosis, but a lot of people just, or they're not getting the answers. They're not getting, they, they feel like yeah. something's off. They know their bodies. That's the other thing is like, I really do trust my patients, you know, like they, they've had doctors tell them, oh, it's all in your mind. And when oh, I tell goodness. them, no, it's not, you know, and they yeah. they'll be in tears because they feel like, my gosh, I knew mm-hmm. something was, you know, off. And again, it goes, yes. Yeah. And because, you know, I know my body, you know, your body, I mean, and maybe, you know, women are, I think men are fairly tuned in, but I think women are maybe a little bit more tuned into their bodies just because, you know, we have monthly cycles. There's more to tune in about. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. We just have more complex hormone systems. So, um, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of elements involved in, in treating patients and, um, no two people are alike. I think that's the bottom line. So I'm curious about your journey of starting. So leaving the team to starting on your own, did you just start reaching out to people? How did, what was that process like? You like building it? You mean my practice? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. In fact, well, I had been, um, working in the Palisades for about six years running 
sort of in charge of uh, this doctor's program and her hormone program. And I saw a lot of nutrition and hormone patients there. And I had wanted to leave for a while. Um, it wasn't the best, healthiest environment. Um, you know, there's always something in, in environments yeah. where you go in. And, um, and it just was like, it happened over a weekend where I just finally just made a decision. And I did have a friend, um, like a colleague who wasn't, didn't have a practice and he was sort of an independent um, MD. So I asked him, would you be my supervising physician and, you know, work with me with these patients? Um, because basically I had a, all these relationships with the patients up in my practice in the Palisades. So I, I essentially called them all in you know, that Monday and said, listen, I've left, I'm, I'm no longer there. And I would love to continue to work with you. So I really did bring that clientele okay. with me because I had been working with them for six, seven years. So and did you have like a breaking or a turning point for that? Like that leap? I did. I okay. did. I had just finally had, you know, it was just enough. And there were other things yeah. I mean, it's all silly drama, but I mean, I, I just yeah. didn't want to get involved mm -hmm. in it. You know, I just, I was done. Um, and yeah, when you have somebody that you're working with that you've really supported, I mean, truly, you know, I, I did all I could to build that business and did a great job, but it, you know, when somebody starts to try to undercut you and starts, you know, canceling appointments and things like that, it just, it was like, what am I doing here? You know? And, you know, people have got egos, they've got issues, whatever. Um, and I, you know, I just decided that's enough. And, um, yeah. And it literally it was so funny because that weekend I was just telling this to one of my clients who I recommended this particular book to. There's a famous book. It's um, her name is Pamela Grout, I believe, and she wrote, wrote E squared. Have you heard of that? Yes. It, it's a I'm like, wait, I know that name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great book. So, I, I read both of them. Yes. Yeah, so she has because she has just a follow up two. to that. Yeah, and mm -hmm. it's a great book for people who don't understand the concept of manifestation, right? I mean, that's why it became a New York Times bestseller. I mean, I thought it was spelled out. So I had given it to one of my clients. Actually, I told them to, you know, get the audio, download the audio book um, last week. And, and I was telling them, you know, that weekend I did one of the first exercises that I did was in the, in that book. And it was like, I wrote in there to, you know, have my own practice. And it was like, it all transpired within like a few days. So yeah, that. I know. So it was, that was a, a quantum leap that, you know, Yeah. even though I was thinking, yeah, I want to get out of here. I didn't, you know, it just kind of happened. And so, yeah. um, I just, you know, and all the things came into place. I was able to find a, um, an office to sublease to start seeing patients. And then, uh, it, from there it just grew. Um, so I was very fortunate and even some of the patients that didn't come with me or you know, follow me, ended up following, whether it was a year or two later, um, because mm -hmm. they knew that, I mean, they really did value what I did and how I yeah, worked. Yeah. And I really focus on the relationship with the patient and I'm, I'm a good listener and I also know what I'm talking about. So, um, you know, I think that trust is an important part of this, right. You know, anytime you see somebody that, um, you know, especially when you're dealing with their, their vulnerabilities, whether it be mm -hmm. physical health or emotional health. Yeah. Or both. Um, I feel like sharing this, I heard this, I think it was yesterday and I loved it because as an energetic healer, 
you know, service, you are, you and I are both offering services. So, but there's also the back end of servant or servitude. So service apparently I'm like, I love this is the energy of love and joy. Cause you don't even know that you're in service when you're doing it. It's just yes. like so natural and beautiful. That's right. And when you're in service from like a forced place, it's more of the servant energy or the servitude. And yes. so that's like energy that needs to be cleared. Cause yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree. I more. thought that was so cool yesterday when I'm like, yes, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that you can, I mean, you can attest to, to your own when you're in your zone, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's like no time, right? So and people are feeling that love from you. They're feeling the compassion yes. from you. So from that, I can see why, why it would be so expansive. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, that is, that's, I mean, you have a client that you connect with that way. It's like, that's invaluable currency because it's authentic. Right. And it's, it's, it's not about getting anything back. You know, it's really, truly about offering up what you can by being a receptacle to listen and to understand and to have empathy, but then also to help them affect change if need be. So I think that, um, that is love and joy. Yeah. You know, in practice. So good. Well, and like, she's built this beautiful business, thriving business, and she's done it with not through social media, like, (laughs) I know. I think I looked at, I looked at her Instagram. I don't think she's posted in like a year or two or three or two. I don't know. It's a while. Yeah. Um, It's been some time. Although I'm supposed to be doing that more. Like, you know, my girlfriend reminds me just do it every day. Like after you see a client, just like, you know, and I'm, Um, I, well, I think it's good to keep that connection with people like, and, and, you know, keep, keep yourself up to date, but you know, because there's so much to share. It's just that I'm often seeing patients yeah. back to back all day. So, well, and I, th- and I'm really looking to portray to whoever's listening that like it, it, how natural it is, yeah. how natural it can be. Oh my gosh. Know? So natural. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the quantum leaps, right. In business mm-hmm. and building and expanding. I mean, it really, yeah. I, th- I think one of the most important things, um, I was interviewed not too long ago for this online magazine. They were asking me, what is advice? What, what are three things you would give for advice to a uh, new, someone who's starting their own business or someone who's yeah. building something? And one of the first things is love what you do. You know, I mean, really love what you do. If you don't have a vested interest in what you are, you know, providing or selling or involved in, you know, that's, it's going to fall flat. I mean, people feel that. So having a passion, I mean, and, you know, that seems obvious, but a lot of people don't follow that, you know, they're looking to make more money in in a particular job because of, you know, it's a higher paying job. But if you, you know, so I think that that's one thing I'll tell you the other two, if you want to, the second thing, I'm like, I'm going to ask my own version. (laughs) So we'll see if it all lines up, but it probably does. Because I, so I always ask, what is the quantum, what three keys do you have for quantum? Oh, do you ask? Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. So, so you're, you're so just ahead of the game. It's beautiful. Um, <laughs> you're so intuitive. So, <laughs> so this, this, so that love what you do. The second one is um, do what you say you're going to do. Follow through with tasks, like really, um, you know, be authentic to your word. I mean, I think that, um, you know, whether that's, you know, 
if you have a client and you, you know, making sure you do follow up and say, you know, saying thank you, or depending on what your business is, for me, it's all about how's, how are things going? Any issues, any changes since we last met? Um, but those are the most important things. I mean, people really do appreciate that, that, so, you know, staying true, like just follow through, you know, don't yeah. leave things open-ended, really keep that. And I had to learn that too. I mean, in terms of running a business, you know, that, that didn't come naturally. I mean, you know, a lot of people who are in our field of health or wellness or healing, we don't know, we don't have business skills. I mean, you know, not necessarily, we've spent a long time practicing and learning what we're doing. It's a different world. It's like almost like mm-hmm. meeting, you know, so I've had a lot of mentors along the way. Um, to help me learn skills, like how to keep my clients, you know, on a rotating schedule, like calendaring them to make sure that they're coming back regularly, et cetera. And so that's part of it. And then the third thing is, um, I think is be willing to ask for help. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, you know, I have kind of learned in my own process in the last, especially the last five to six years, you know, delegating when I, when I built my business, I really built it myself. And so, you know, I learned, had to, instead of having like the office lady schedule the appointments and this and that, and I had to do all the bookkeeping. Oh, I had yeah. to do yeah. everything. And so, you know, that learning that and doing it yourself, you got to do that right. Initially to know what, what's going on in your business. Um, but then you, yeah. at a certain point in order to grow, you have to ask for help. Right. And you have to delegate. And that was hard for me. I mean, that was not an easy task I because I was a control freak about getting things done right. And also my patients are like my babies. So like, I'm like, I don't want anybody to like say something yeah. wrong, you know, or totally. Um, <laughs> so, so that was a process. And, and even the, um, my first assistant that I was working with, she said, you gotta let go and let me just trust me a little bit. And she helped me because she could see I was withholding a little bit. Um, so that, that was big for me. And I don't think that that is an easy thing for a lot of people is just in general. I mean, to ask yeah. for help means that you're vulnerable, um, whether that's in business or in personal in your personal life. So those are my top three things. I think hard work, you know, is part of that following through, you know, following through. No, I, I, I love that. I think it's important. Um, I have a huge thing of also, if someone comes to me, I reach out. Like I figure there's a reason that yeah. like their name just popped into my head. So I'll just reach out. I agree hundred like, percent. I don't know what's all going on. the time. That's energy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it's a signal people emit yeah. signals. I mean, I, it happens to me 10 times a day with patients. I'll be thinking yeah. about them. And, oh, I got to get a hold of them. Their charts on my desk. And I'm like, they text me. Yeah. You know? Energetic so, calling. I love yep. it. Or telepathic calling. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, la- one last question I have for you, um, because I think it's always just so fascinating is I'm curious how your childhood supported you in where you're at right now. Oh, that's a good question. Um, so my childhood supported me. Well, I think that it's interesting. I have two brothers and we're all mm-hmm. in the service industry. Actually. Oh, okay. And which is interesting. I mean, we grew up, my father owned a grocery store. And so we, mm-hmm. we did work in his store from a young age. Um, so 
you know, I mean, that's just sort of logistically, I'm thinking that that's, I learned about service and customer service um, Mm -hmm. and being of service. And it was definitely my nature. I mean, not everybody is cut out for that. Trust me. (laughs) There are people that just should not be, you know, interacting with patients, you know, Um, but they're great at doing other things. Right. Right, Um, right, right. It, you know, um, but I also think that, you know, I grew up in a, like a lot of Americans, um, uh, you know, somewhat dysfunctional family, but also traditional that my father worked, my mother was at home. Um, there was definitely, uh, some alcohol abuse in my home. So that created a sense of, um, I think anxiety and insecurity in myself. And just mm-hmm. also that, you know, if you, if you look into, I mean, if people listening, I mean, I've done so much work in this area and have, you know, obviously like being a child of, adult child of an alcoholic, you learn that it's hard for us to ask for help because we had to take care of everything and manage it Mm -hmm. ourselves when we were growing up. So to give that power up is also hard. So that was, that's part of why I think my, my path was to learn to ask for help and not say, I can handle it. I've got it covered, you know, and also to reprogram my thinking because when you grow up in an alcoholic home, you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. I mean, it's just kind of how people grow up. And if, if yeah, you walking are on eggshells, yeah, yeah, all of that. And if, if you've mm-hmm. grown up that way, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, you can't really express that to explain it to people who've never ex- experienced it because it's just their normal. And right. so that's, that's where I had to reprogram, like, you know, and learn to like be okay with like that things were going well and that, I was feeling good for long periods of time and not having to self-sabotage or have things, expect things to fall apart. Right. Right. So those are, those are pretty big influences, but if you can identify those patterns, if you will, or learned behaviors, you can shift them. That's where you come in too, because you can really clear out some of the Mm -hmm. old beliefs and patterns, you know, it's, I think that our, all of our choices are based on that. You know, what are, what are our underlying beliefs and values? Right. Totally. Yep. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Thank you so, for sharing that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, d- I was married to an alcoholic. So that's how I know that uh, one. Oh, <laughs> right. so, you know, you know, the whole situation. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so fun. Yeah. So, uh, fun. so many lessons learned. Yeah. So grateful. And that's and, the thing. Yeah. You just want to keep learning. I mean, I do. I mean, I will. Mm-hmm. I'm just, yeah. I am insatiable that way. And I mm-hmm. feel like some days I don't know anything. And other days I feel like, wow, this is what wisdom is like, you know, as you get older, like you actually yeah. understand wisdom because you wouldn't have the knowledge without having that, all those years experience. So, yeah. But you just have to, you know, keep pushing forward. And, um, I think all about, you know, paying attention to your inner voices, like your inner talk, self-talk, because yeah. most people, if they are aware of it, they don't do anything, but just listen to it. Right. And, you know, even when I was, you know, when I worked with people with eating disorders, I used the model of the, the little child in us. Okay. Yeah. Like the, 
our little girl or little boy that, you know, they're doing a behavior to cope because they learned that as a way to cope. But as an adult, it's no longer working for us. Right. So, but they, yeah, they keep finding themselves in the same situation over and over because they say, well, yes, I know this, but, and it's because they have no tools to deal with that. So it's literally, in my experience, it's about developing a relationship to that part of yourself. Because for years in my own experience, I tried to get rid of that, that voice. Like I wanted to cut it off or get rid of it, but that's not the, I had to actually sit down with it and say, okay, we got to have a relationship. That's right. That's right. So, (laughs) um, it's powerful stuff. It's powerful stuff. Totally love the inner child work. Yeah. Well, Thank you. I think you guys can all see what a caring, compassionate soul Heather is and why she affects so many people in such beautiful ways. Thank you. And yeah, so blessed to have you on the show today. It's so great to be here. I mean, I think we covered all of it. Quantum leaping in business and life. That's what we're all about. (laughs) Yes. Quantum leaps. Believe in it. I mean, you don't, there's, you don't have to. That's a huge part of it right there. Believing in it. The possibility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't think about how it's going to happen. Just yeah. believe that if you can see it, right, and you can <clears throat> you can feel all the aspects of what that is going to be like, it can yeah. happen in a day or a month or a week. I mean, totally. it, there's no limit and it, you don't even have to know how because the universe will take care of that, right? Yes. Infinite yeah. possibilities in every moment. So Agreed. good. All right. Well, you are amazing. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, be sure to subscribe and let me know by leaving a review on iTunes. It fuels me to keep bringing you more juicy guests. And if you aren't already following me on social media, check out at Bethany London on Instagram, L-O-N-D-Y-N, that's the cool factor, (laughs) or go to BethanyLondon.com for healing opportunities, courses, and additional thoughts. And don't hesitate to create some IG stories tagging me and our guests with your favorite quotes so we can reshare them. I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, wishing you that quantum leap. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on ElectroCast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. ElectroCast. Electric acid.